This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here, but he's sending me messages to read on the air. I don't know what he thinks I am, but I'm going to read them on the air, though. But he's not available today. Uh, Simon, what would you do if Chris Kaufman was sending you text messages to read on the air when he could read them on the air himself? You know, in that WhatsApp uh, section where you can just mute people and put them into archive. Uh-huh. That's, that's essentially what I'd do. Or I'd just uh, delete his number. <laughs> yeah, he just wrote a book. Uh, I'll summarize it sometime in this show. Uh, I mean, always- how many shows are we doing? Because there's about 50,000 words here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think we would have to do two or three hours to read this whole thing. But it's his this Christmas book? wish He's list. Written a book. <laughs> What's wrong with him? You know, in fact, I'm just gonna copy and paste this on OnlyFans, and you're gonna have to pay three dollars to read this. <laughs> okay. So, can I pay three dollars not to read it? That 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 also works. That also works. That also works because you can't pay three dollars and then mute people on OnlyFans if that's your thing. I mean, it references the fact that there would be an interesting intrigue into the fact that the Dolphins and the Eagles played in a joint practice together in preseason. <laughs> what? Is he? Is he? I know it's Christmas time, but is he drunk on like? Mom he's on Rock? eggnog. He's on. He's on special eggnog with the special sauce. Christ, he must be. Yeah. This show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code Five RSN. You get twenty percent off your entire order plus free shipping. Although you're running out of time. It's the 21st. You know what? You might not be running out of time. Go check out. Go check them out today. It's the 21st. You you got three days. You're cutting it close, people. All right. And, of course, Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. You get $25 just for signing up. And, as always, prize picks. Go to prize picks. You promos code, use promo code 5FIVE. You get a $100 sign-up bonus. Deposit $100. They give you $100. One-time rollover, which means you bet through once, they give it to you. So they're essentially giving you $100. Take it. F-I-V-E. All right, Simon. Uh, we're fresh off of that that disappointment on Saturday. But um, Sunday, uh, Sunday, you know, kind of made everything worthwhile, kind of. Because <laughs> everybody behind us is just losing and looking decrepit and awful. So, you know, it's, it's going to take the most epic collapse in the history of sports to keep us out of the playoffs. But what is important is seeding. And it's kind of clear. You got to win all three if you want the number five seed. Otherwise, it becomes nearly impossible and you're playing for the sixth or the seventh seed. And you might play one of Cincinnati, Buffalo, or Kansas City in the first round. The race to play Tennessee. Or Jacksonville. Or Jacksonville. It's kind of worth it. You can't win three if you don't beat the Green Bay Packers, 
They're playing a little bit better. We're going to talk about it in depth on the second half of the show, the actual matchups. But we're going to talk a little bit about Green Bay here. What's happened to that team? They haven't played well. They're three and two in their last five. They're they're no hot streak, but they're playing a lot better as of late. Uh, is it as simple as they don't they don't have the weapons and they've had so many injuries that it's ridiculous? Yeah, I think I think that's a huge part of it. A lot of injuries, a change of scheme, a change of important coaching staff on offense. Adam Stenovich has come in and taken over as uh, as the offensive play caller, along with Matt Lafleur from Nathaniel Hackett, who's obviously gone to the Broncos. Stenovich was the offensive line coach, so they've loads of injuries on the offensive line, and they're, they're playing, you know, kind of um, pass the parcel to throw in a Christmas reference on that offensive line. You've had Bakhtiari start a left tackle. You've had Josh Nyman start a left tackle. You've had Elton Jenkins start a left, left tackle. And now you've got Zach Tom, the rookie from Wake Forest, starting a left tackle. You've had uh, Tom at right tackle starting. You've had Josh Nyman starting a right tackle. You've had Elton Jenkins starting a right tackle. So all across the line, the, there's been a lot of issues. Um, and getting those two rookie wide receivers up to, to speed has been difficult. Romeo Dobbs has been out for, for some games with injuries. Christian Watson obviously had the had the surgery uh, before the season. He got concussed uh, and it's been a bit of a struggle as it always is to, to bed in two rookie receivers alongside a couple of vets in Randall Cobb and in um, Alan Lazard. And they've just, they've struggled on offense. They've struggled in the red zone. They've not been great in the red zone and they've struggled on defense. And Joe Barry's come in for a lot of criticism uh, in terms of how they play defensively, whether that's you know not playing man-to-man coverage, which, you know, when you've got Eric Stokes on the corner and you've got Jair Alexander, you want to play man-to-man because they're big, they're physical, they're rangy, they're long, they can get in people's faces. And Barry hadn't done that. There was also an issue of, you know, the fact that Jair Alexander didn't travel with the perceived number one receiver. And that caused issues because teams were able to scheme their best receivers open because Alexander only played one side of the field. And then obviously injuries. They had injuries on the front, they had injuries at linebacker, and they had big injuries in the secondary, um, which kind of continue. So, you know, they're beginning to get their feet under them. They've won two in a row, I think, for the first time since week four. I mean, they should have beaten the Giants in London. They were 20 to nothing up against the Giants in London and somehow managed to throw that game away. It's a good mm-hmm. team. They're starting to get healthy at the right time. They're young rookies. Watson started to play really well over the last five or six weeks. Quay Walker's playing really well at linebacker and will be a big threat because he's so athletic in terms of how Miami plays on offense. And then Devonta Wyatt, their other first-round pick, has really started to come along and playing alongside Kenny Clark, who's a, a perennial superstar in terms of defensive line play. So, you know, this is not a team to be overlooked. And, you know, they're still quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. And uh, and that's any team that's quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers is always going to be a good team. So... Yeah, uh, the, that cornerback tandem coming into the season was going to be something else. What happened to Eric Stokes? Uh, he hasn't played since week nine. Well, what was the nature of his injury? Because I don't um, remember it. I think he had, he, uh, I think he's on our IR out of the season. I think he had an ankle problem. Has he torn a ligament in his ankle or something? It's, okay. definitely, it's definitely an ankle issue. Uh, although, to be fair, he did struggle a little bit, actually, um, early in the season. He, kind of a bit of a sophomore slump, I think, for, for Stokes. And Rizal Douglas, who they obviously picked up off, I mean, the, the great story from last season, who they picked up off waivers from Arizona last year, who then came into that Arizona game and made the interception in the end zone against Kyler Murray in the last second of their Monday night game, uh, and then turned up with five pick, five interceptions, a couple of pick sixes, and was absolutely crucial for them down the stretch. Douglas is obviously starting for them. Um, opposite uh, opposite Alexander, who himself has been injured this season, but they, you know they've got some injuries anyway. In terms of they're a bit banged up on the on the back end. I know that 
you know, Darnell Savage has been a bit banged up and has, has kind of not played enough. And and uh, Adrian Amos has been banged up. And so Rudy Ford has played a little bit in terms of, you know, and he's you know probably best as a special team or a sub-package guy. And so, you know, they've had injuries, but they are just starting to get healthy. Preston Smith, you know, can get after the quarterback. They brought Justin Hollands in over from the Rams who played well. Kingsley and Igbar, the, the, the defensive end is starting to, to turn it on a little bit. Devondre Campbell didn't become a bad linebacker overnight. He was an all-pro last season, struggled a little bit, but just beginning to, to get into it. Obviously, at tight end, Robert Tonyan tore the Achilles last year and is just starting to, you know, work his way back into the into the lineup. So, you know, it's a dangerous team. And, uh, you know, I know there's the, really the only injury worry they've got at the moment of, of guys that are actually not out, i.e. on IR, is uh, AJ Dillon, um, who I think is in concussion protocol, after a couple of fairly heavy collisions against the Rams on on Monday night, and him being out is obviously is obviously big. But you know, although he cleared, he cleared. Oh, he clear? uh, okay, he cleared protocol a day after. So okay, well then you know I suspect he plays, and that's a you know Jones and Dylan. Aaron Jones is as good as as good as it gets. Not only as a not only as a runner, but also as a receiver and also as a pass protector. And he's incredibly trusted by Aaron Rodgers. So. You know, it's going to be a tough game. They've got something to play for. They can get into the playoffs. They they need to win out. They need a bit of help elsewhere, but they'll probably get it. Um, you know, so Green Bay is not a, you know, this is not your average sort of six and eight team or whatever they are. They're, you mm. know, there's good players all the way around and they're getting healthy at the right time. Yeah. And and what's interesting about those two, those two running backs, everybody would you look at those two running backs and you would think, oh, Aaron Jones is the the pass catcher and AJ Dillon is the thumper. Um not necessarily. AJ Dillon is a hell of a pass receiver, a better mm-hmm. pass receiver than Aaron Jones. It's it's just a it's an odd thing watching a guy 250 pounds catch the ball so cleanly in transition with it to run with it. He's an important part of that option offense. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the their biggest issue to get into the playoffs is that part of the the formula is that they need two Washington football team losses. Yeah, and I like that team. Uh, I know that they lost to the Giants. I think they got robbed. Okay, that was a mugging in the end zone. Okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they lose two games. The worst play was the touchdown that got wiped off the board, the Brian Robinson one on first and goal, because it, it, it essentially was that Terry McLaurin was wasn't lined up on the line, but McLaurin yes. points to the to the side judge, who then gives him the thumbs up and says, "You are in place." So, I mean, that is that was pretty outrageous. I mean, as bad as the pass interference on the in the end zone was, I thought that the the, the touchdown that got wiped off was even worse. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because I saw some Washington fans post a, a play in the game, uh, Miami versus Buffalo, where Tyreek Hill lines up offsides and looks at the official, and the official goes, shakes his head like, you're not on sides, mm. and he backs up. So the official does help you. And yeah, in this case, he helped Terry McLaurin. He, yeah. he did help him. For guys, for people that, you know, casual watchers or don't really understand when they you often will see receivers pointing when they stood up on the line of scrimmage and what they're doing is they're pointing to the official that's on the sideline for the official to say, you, you're good. You're not good. You need to move back. And, and the official will either give the thumbs up to say, yep, you're, you're spot on. You're fine. Or they'll get, they'll just literally indicate for them to move back. So whenever you see a, a receiver lining up, looking to the sideline and pointing, what he's doing is pointing to the official and saying, you know, am I good? I'm not going to, there's not going to be a penalty here. So, you know, it happens all the time, but for, for an official to signal into to McLaurin that he's okay, and then for them to get called for the for a penalty just is, yeah. is ludicrous. Yeah, it, it's 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 just dumb. It's uh, it, it was awful. That was an awfully officiated game. Yeah, um, very bad. yeah. 
uh, moving on, and I'm gonna talk a little football here before we get into this game because there's there's very intriguing matchups. I don't think that David Bakhtiari is gonna play in this game. Okay? No, I don't. Coming off the um the surgery, the the um the uh, he had an appendectomy, didn't he? So yeah, which means Zach Tom will start. <laughs> Yeah. Left a left tackle. How interesting is that? Zach Tom versus Bradley Chubb, and we're going to get it into a little Bradley Chubb because uh, he's the he's game. the player du jour this week. Yeah, I mean it's you know that'll be the fifth straight game for for um, for Zach Tom starting a left tackle, and he's done a nice job. You know, we we talked about him pre-draft. We talked about him a lot on the um, we talked about him a lot on um, OnlyFins. You know, he's the. He's had more than 300 snaps. He's only allowed four pressures, which is the least of any offensive tackle that was drafted last year. You know, I'm not the massive fan of pro football focus, but his pass blocking grade is first out of that out of those 12 tackles, and his pass blocking efficiency is first out of those 12 tackles. So, you know, they had a really good draft class when you look at it. You know, Walker, Wyatt, Watson, Dobbs, Tom. Enigbar, even Samori Torre, the, the receiver they took in the seventh round has been has been really good. So, you know, and Zach Tom, you know, he walked into the NFL as a day three pick and is a quality pass protector in year one. And he's probably the long-term answer at left tackle for the Packers with um if Bakhtiari ends up leaving because D back has, has barely played. Yeah, which um, means which means a lot of us had it wrong because we all thought that Zach Tom would be possibly center, a, center a center for Miami. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. I mean, you he's know? versatile, he's athletic, he's intelligent, you know, he's getting stronger, um, but he just doesn't play like a rookie. I mean, yeah, if you watch Zach Tom play, he is a little light in the run game. Like, you, you're going to see, he's not going to maul anybody. He's not going to push anybody out of the way. But in pass pro, he is, he's fabulous in pass pro. He's an absolute steal, an absolute steal. For, yes. for those of us that were advocating drafting Zach Tom, uh, and we ended up taking Eric Azukanama, when you look at the, 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 the contrasting fortunes of the pair, not to say that, you know, our receiver's uh, future is done or that his career is over at all. But, you know, for an absolute need position for the Dolphins, when he knew that Tyrone Armstead wasn't going to play 16 games, to have Tom, who, who could have easily started a left guard, he could have started a centre and he could have kept Connor Williams at, at left guard, uh, as good as Williams has played at centre, and he has. You know, you could have kicked him outside to left tackle when um, when Armstead went down. You could have played him at right tackle when Armstead was in. And, you know, just that, ver- I mean, it was an absolute slam dunk. If, if there was a single player, a single yes. player in that draft that was best suited to the Dolphins, it was Zach Tom. And the fact they didn't take him just boggled my mind because he could literally start at all five positions. I, I actually think he started at four of five positions for the Packers this season, which just about tells you exactly you know, how good he's been. And he's played really well at left tackle. Yeah. Uh, very briefly here, we're going we're gonna to just go around the the horn a little bit here on a couple of guys. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. If I told you, in my opinion, there's only two elite uh, quarterbacks and I'm tempted to put a third in Joe Burrow. We know who the first two are. Yeah, okay. Burrow, Burrow's, I think Burrow's an elite quarterback. That's fine. I, I'm not going to debate that one. Okay. Uh, I got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, not in any particular order. And if you want to put Burrow number three, I'm fine with it. Uh, I think, I think Charles Lawrence is going to join those top three. He looks yeah. fabulous. This yeah. game on Thursday, we're recording before the game. Okay. So we don't, we're not armed with the information of, of Trevor Lawrence going against the top defense uh, in the Jets. But man, he looks good, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. and and the reason we're bringing him up because it's a lock now, uh, unless something weird happens with Tennessee. 
Miami will travel to Jacksonville next year or Jacksonville will travel to Miami next year. It's a lock now. Okay. That's a matchup. And we'll see Trevor Lawrence next season. He's he looks great. He looks absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the numbers that he's had best leagues, best completion percentage since week nine. He's had 30 or more passing attempts and no picks in, in five straight games, or he had 30 or more passing attempts and, and no picks in five straight games. Youngest player to ever do that since 1950, which is just, you know, which kind of just absolutely blows your mind. And people are talking about, oh, he's a bust and he's this and he's that. You know, I, I think, you know, in a way he should win comeback player of the year because if he was, you know, he wasn't injured, he just played for Urban Meyer. Uh, and that was the yes. issue. But, you know, his last four games, I think he's 111 passer rating, 11 touchdowns to one pick, 1,200 yards passing, a three and one record. No team is hotter in the league, really, than I, I think the Bengals probably are the hottest team in the league right now in terms of, you know, you yes. always look for a team in December that's sort of coming up on the rails and putting it together and they're getting their injury, injured players back. But Jacksonville are playing really well and they're being led by Lawrence, who's playing at a top six, top seven, top eight, at worst quarterback in the league level. And, you know, when we all saw him at Clemson. We all knew how good he was. And he's, you know, it's taken a little bit of time to come to the come to the boil. But now he's you can see he's clicking. He, he's become a problem solver, Alf. You know, he's just become yeah. he, he's the answer now. There, there were some questions and now he's the answer. And uh, look, good coaching. We know this. We know this and, and surround him. With with good players, I mean, we've been talking about this all season long with Tua. This is part of the this is part of the reason why Tua is a better player is because he was you know he's got better coaching and has been surrounded by better players. And you look at you look at Lawrence, you know, Travis Etienne was out last year uh, and he's back and he's playing at a high level. But obviously they added Zay Jones, Christian Kirk's been brilliant for them. You know, Evan Engram's played really well for them up front. They've got you know they added Brandon Scherf and. Uh, you know, defensively, there's good players. Obviously, Cal, you know, he's going to get Calvin Ridley next season. You mm-hmm. know, you know, there's some talent on that team. Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Kirk, Jermichael Hasty can play. Travis Etienne, you know, Engram, Dan What a move that was. What a move that was with Travis Etienne. When they got rid of James Robinson for, for nothing, first of all, he was injured, okay? They sold the Jets a bill of goods. They mm. didn't sell it for too too much, okay? What was it, like a fourth-round pick or something like that? Yeah, something like that. You know, everybody was thinking, what the hell are the Jaguars doing? What, well, what they were doing was giving the ball to a guy who has over 900 yards and five yards to carry right now with I mean, three games season, to go. This kid's going to have, he's going to have like 1,200 yards rushing. Yeah. I mean, next season at skill position, he's going to have Travis Etienne in the backfield. He's going to have Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, uh, and Evan Engram. And whatever their draft pick is, who knows? They, maybe they add a, 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 a better tight end, maybe, or another tackle. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, 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 Robinson, they like Robinson. He's a good player. They've got Walker, Walker Little, Luke Fortner's playing well at center. Juwan Taylor's playing well, good at, at tackle. Brandon Scherf's obviously an all pro kind of guard. And defensively, you know, they've got good players defensively, especially, you know, you look at Josh Allen and Devin Lloyd and Chad Moomer. And I, I mean, I, I think Foyasadi Olocon is the number one tackler in the league. I think I saw that yesterday. Obviously, Trayvon Walker's played really well as the first overall pick. And then the secondary. You know, they've got a really good player. I mean, Tyson Campbell's a great corner. Rayshon Jenkins has been brilliant at free safety. You know, there's good players there. They had a big, you know, they had a corner there. They had a, you know, another pass rusher or a, a, an interior defensive tackle. They, you know, you had maybe, like you say, another tackle. Um, you know, you had another tight end. Let's say Michael Mayer falls, you know, that's a that's a team going places behind a really good quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go to break here. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to dive in deep into Packers, Dolphins, 
on Christmas Day. It's actually another primetime game for the Miami Dolphins. This one at 1 o'clock, though. A little bit different. All right. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we're back. It's Packers and it's Dolphins, and we give you a little fix on Jets, Jaguars. If you listened to this before that game, reason we brought it up, two reasons. It's a lock. Dolphins will face the Jaguars next season, uh, unless something uh, horrific happens to Tennessee. But as teams you know, go down and fade away, probably the Titans in, in the very near future, teams will come up like the Jaguars, who the Dolphins are going to play. But the reason I brought them up is because they beat the Jets, and then the mission becomes rather clear for the Dolphins. Win the next two, and you clinch the playoff spot. It's as simple as that. Uh, Jaguars beat the Jets. Uh, forget about the Patriots, people. Okay, they're playing the Bengals and the Bills. <laughs> okay? Like, if you want to talk about a uh, dead team walking, it's the New England Patriots. They're playing the Bengals and the Bills to close the season. All right? On the road. And the Bills are going to need that game for the one seed. So trust me. That's what Dolphins fans need in terms of you know the the playoff hunt it is you know the, I think the two teams that you or really the singular team that you need to look out for is the Bengals. 
because you don't want to be playing the Bengals in the wild card round. Okay. You, yes. you don't want to play the Chiefs. It looks like the Bills are probably going to get the number one. So you don't want to play the Chiefs, right? Chiefs and Bengals, you probably want to avoid. But the winner of the of the Bengals, Ravens, uh, you know, and the winner of the AFC South, they're the two teams that you that you you know you want to get. You know, whether that's the Titans or the Jaguars, a road trip to either of those teams doesn't really worry me. Okay. I think if the Bengals, you know, they've got tough games. The Patriots is not an easy, you know, it's not, it's not a, the most difficult game, but it is on the road in Gillette, and it's the week after the worst thing that singular thing that's probably ever happened in the Bill Belichick tenure, right? So you would expect a reaction from a team that's still in the playoff hunt, okay? Then they play the Bills, and then they play the Ravens in the last game of the season, okay? So that you know, that, that's three tough games. You look at the Ravens' schedule on the other hand, at home to the Falcons at home to the Steelers, and then you play the Ravens, and then you play the Bengals in the final game. If if the Ravens go 2-0, and oh, and the Bengals, let's say, lose to the Bills, for Miami, you want to go to the Ravens, because with Lamar potentially being injured, all the injuries they've got, Devin Duvernay now out for the season. Yes. Yeah, they're signing Sammy Watkins. I mean, that tells you how, but I mean, the receiving call was the worst in the league before Devin Duvernay got injured. And that's even worse now that they and got Sammy Watkins. <laughs> You know, so you want the Bengals to lose a game or maybe two games. Essentially, if you're a Dolphins fan, you ho- you're hoping that the um, that the Ravens win that division because uh, a trip to M&T Bank Stadium is a winnable wildcard game. A trip to Duval to play the Jaguars for me is a potentially winnable. You know, it's a it's a a good game, but it's a you know it's a it's a winnable game. A trip to to Tennessee to Nashville to to play the Titans that's a winnable game in in the playoffs. Okay. You'd say you'd enter, you know, second favorites if you're playing KC. You'd enter second favorites if you're playing the Bengals at the moment. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you'd, you'd lose those games, but in terms of games, I'd really fancy us to win. Yes, Baltimore. Yes, Jacksonville. Yes, Tennessee. Not so much Cincinnati and Kansas City at the moment, but I still think we play them tight. But you know, I, I, I would be disappointed if we didn't if we didn't beat you know, the the Titans, the Jags or the or the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and part of and part of Chris Chris Kaufman's uh, diatribe on on WhatsApp was uh if you do that, you're possibly forcing a Charger trip to Kansas City where they play I don't know if you watched the the Chargers and, and the Chiefs play over the over the years. Every game is a barn burner and every game goes down to the to the last yeah, second. Absolutely. So if by some reason <laughs> and by some chance the Chargers pull a game out of there, you know, who's to say if you have the five seed, you're hosting a playoff game, people. Yeah. It's it's entirely possible. Okay. All no, of that really. all of that is possible. But none of that is possible unless you run the table. If you run the table, you're setting yourself up for a decent seed, a pretty good seed, probably the five seed. And it has to start with beating the Green Bay Packers. I look at the Packers, uh, and we're going to start on the defensive side of the ball for the Dolphins. Uh, you asked the question about Bradley Chubb. We asked the question about Bradley Chubb, and Twitter, forget it. Uh, they decided we found our scapegoat. <laughs> like This is the guy that we're going to start blaming for everything. If it's not Josh Boyer, we're going to blame Bradley Chubb. You asked, how is the pass rush doing since he got here? Well, I, I put the numbers out on Twitter. It's pretty simple. They played eight games without Bradley Chubb. They had 15 sacks. They've played six games with Bradley Chubb. They have 20 sacks, okay? Their pass rush has been exponentially better. Dolphins do two things well on defense, and only two things. They stop conventional runs, and they rush the passer well against guys that are pocket passers 
That's the Packers. It's a pretty good matchup for the Dolphin defense. You agree? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good it's a good matchup. I think the concern would be, as it will be for the rest of the season, I think um, is issues on the back end with the injuries. And we talked about it on Monday. We talked about it ad infinitum. But you know, they can line up with, you know, they can line up with Jones and Dylan catching balls out the backfield. And you know, Aaron Jones can take one seventy yards to the house. Absolutely, they they, they love that little screen game. Good news in that return in that regard, Eric Rowe will return. Uh, yeah, Christmas which is Day. good news, which is really good news. But then you know, you've got the big guy Alan Lazard, you know, who can who, who can catch balls, who can work the middle. You've got Tonyan, obviously the tight end, who can be a can be a problem. You've got Watson who's turning into a stud last five or six games. He's been out. Like yeah, Dobbs has come back from injury and is a good hands catcher, great speed. Um, and then Randall Cobb, you know, the wire, one of the wiliest veterans in the league will play him at nickel. It'll be a huge battle for Kader Kohi. You won't have seen a player like Cobb in terms of experience and in terms of his relationship with the quarterback. You know, Rogers and Cobb are absolutely best friends and they've got a bit of a telepathic relationship. And I think if Randall Cobb wasn't playing for Aaron Rodgers, he might have retired a couple of years ago, but he's kind of revitalized. He's playing well. He turned up on Monday night against the Rams with a couple of big catches. He can move the chains. You know, he's not the Randall Cobb of six, eight years ago. You know, he's not going to house one from 75 yards, I don't think. But, you know, he's uh, he's a player. The other thing to watch out with the Packers, of course, is their special teams. You know, they've always been consistently average over the last few years in terms of their, their coverage units. But in Keyshawn Nixon, their return guy, they've got a real threat. I mean, for people that were just watching the Packers for the first time on Monday night, you know, Nixon almost broke like three kick returns for touchdowns. You know, he, he got to midfield and won. He was knocked out of bounds in Rams territory by by Matt Gay, the kicker. So, you know, this is a guy that's got speed to the edge. He's got good vision for lanes. So the Danny Crossman and his team are going to have to be completely across that. And, and Jason Sanders is going to have to boom them out the end zone because you don't want Keyshawn Nixon taking one back to the house because, you know, um, that that's not a scenario or a situation you want to find yourself in. But for the, for the defense, you know, they're going to have to challenge those receivers. They're going to have to have Howard on on Watson. They're going to have to keep a tight on Dobbs. Eric Rowe's going to have to have a big game. Uh, and I think Javon Holland's going to have to have a big game as well, like he did against the Bills. I, I would expect them to try and get an Aaron Jones matched up on a Landon Roberts, an Aaron Jones matched up on a, on a Jerome Baker. They like to split, especially Jones. They like to split Jones out as a receiver and go five wide. I've even seen them line up both Jones and Dylan in the backfield. They played them both in the backfield much more this season, but then they'll split them both out as receivers and go five wide. So, you know, there will be ultimately a lot of scenarios that the Packers will throw at the Dolphins in terms of, you know, alignments and how they'll use guys and, you know, look for screens. They throw two or three screens to Aaron Jones every single game. They're a really good screen team. So, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be a tough matchup for the Dolphins, uh, you know. And I, I think a guy like Aaron Jones is somebody that can really hurt you because he's just such a good player. Yeah, absolutely. And it's imperative that that they stop Christian Watson from catching the ball because you know that he has in the last five weeks he has only nineteen receptions in the last five weeks. Do you know how many touchdowns he has, Simon? Six or something is it? Nah, keep going. Oh, eight. Eight. Eight touchdowns. He has eight touchdowns. Seven receiving. He's getting it in different ways. So down the field, he's getting it on handoffs. Um, I mean, you, you look at the Aaron Jones touchdown in the so the the little screen touchdown that he catches against the Rams. Watson's block on the outside was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he took. I think it was Taylor Rapp. He absolutely took Taylor Rapp out, like five or six yards out of the out of the play, allowed Jones to score, and then just drove him into the into the floor. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, he's a good player. 
He's a good yeah. player. Christian Watson is a guy is a, if for you fantasy players out there. This is the guy to put your eye on for next season. Next season could be a big year for him. He's six, five, yeah. you know, I mean, physical what, fast. It'll be interesting to see what the dolphins do because the Rams played a lot of cover two shell on Monday night, which I thought was really interesting. And actually Jalen Ramsey played, you know, that's respect. You know, Jalen Ramsey's not manning up. He's playing in a cover two shell essentially to stop Christian Watson. That's, a very intriguing situation. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that mm-hmm. respect that that defensive coordinators are looking at players like that and thinking, okay, this is this is interesting. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't prolific, but he was really efficient in that game against the Rams. Uh, Rams pretty good pass defense, all things considered. You know, they're, they're not a very good team, and I realized that. And they had Baker Mayfield running around back there after his great performance against the Raiders, but. You know, it's that running game and the efficiency of an Aaron Rodgers. That's what gets them going, really. And you know, it's gonna be in, it's gonna be important. They're gonna have to get to them, and they're gonna have to stop their runs on first down. And I think the Dolphins are equipped for that. Like that's that's something that the Dolphins like. If you look at it, I hated the matchup against the Buffalo Bills. I thought they played much much better than expected because the bills essentially are the antithesis they do everything opposite of what we do well on defense like yeah. yeah we rush the passer well but we're not good against running quarterbacks especially against design quarterback runs as you saw he ran for 77 yards and it was the the difference in the game on saturday right and you know we stop conventional runs and the buffalo bills don't care about running it conventionally they run it with with Josh Allen yeah uh, this is a little bit different offensively you know you look at this Packer team there and you look at the complaints that they have as far as their beat guys, they keep talking about how slow their secondary is. If that's true, then good news for Miami, huh? Simon. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the, the counter to that, because they score a lot of points on offense, but they also concede a lot of points on defense. The counter to that is Quay Walker, the first round rookie out of Georgia, who is a flying machine who they blitz a lot because they try and get home with four, especially with Preston Smith, who can get to the quarterback. Kenny Clark obviously destroying things inside. And that allows Cray Walker to either play coverage, which he does very well in terms of eliminating tight ends, backs out of the backfield. But he can also drop in that sort of Fred Warner role that, that Warner played so successfully along with Dre Greenlaw when we lost to the 49ers. So I, I think it will be interesting to see what they do with Walker, whether they will just try and get home with four, which will give two a time, which will allow us hopefully to establish the running game, which will allow us hopefully to run underneath stuff. Because if Walker is dropping back 16, 18 yards to try and cover what the 49ers did in terms of that that intermediate area that we're so successful at, that will open things up underneath because the Packers can't stop the run. You know, so mm-hmm. are they going to try and get home with four? Will they blitz Walker to try and get to Tua and then leave Devondre Campbell, who's a good player, but you don't not somebody you necessarily want to be dropping back 20 yards to cover Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. So it'll be a really interesting matchup. And then how does that work with Darnell Savage, who likes to come down into the box? Adrian Amos, who likes to come down into the box a little little bit. And then you're leaving Rizal Douglas, who's really a third corner, uh, matched up with Hill and Waddle. What will Alexander do? Will Joe Barry move him around with Tyreek? Will he just pick up whoever? Uh, and what will they do in terms of, if, if they know Alexander's playing specifically on one side, will they just run more formations with Hill and Waddle on the opposite side? Because why would you run to the side where the all-pro corner is? Why wouldn't you line guys up on the opposite side of the field so they're being covered you know, by backup corners or by your second corner when you've got an all-pro corner on the other side? Let Cedric Wilson get covered by him or let, you know, River Craycraft or Trent Sherfield. That's absolutely fine. Let our guys go and do the damage, you know, against 
you know, a Rizal Douglas or, or whoever. So it'll be an inter interesting chess match. And yesterday, obviously, when McDaniel put the put the scheme in, it'll be it'll be key to see what they they do and what they think they do. But again, I think it's another game where Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson, who looks like he'll be back, look, you know, yeah. he's close to going against Buffalo through that. They should pick up some good yardage on the ground, and hopefully that will encourage the Packer linebackers to step forwards. You know, and the other thing is that Amos and Savage and Rudy Ford are not great in terms of, you know, down the field coverage. You know, these are guys that like to step forwards and attack the box, especially Savage. These are not guys that necessarily like to turn and run, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards. Under. So there should be some shot plays available. Now, obviously, you don't want McDaniel to overdo it like we, you know, we've seen a couple of times uh, this season, but... I think the opportunities will be there. You go back to that Bills game that we played at home with the shot play to Jalen Waddle where they split the two safeties and you had Demar Hamlin come over and make the tackle to stop the touchdown. I think there'll be those sorts of opportunities where the deep middle of the field could be open for some opportunities. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think we'll put up some points, but hopefully we can stop them and keep the keep the Packers out. All right, and it's time to make a prediction. Uh, uh, Chris Kaufman already sent me, you know, because I'm his personal secretary. So he, On page he wants, 94 of his notes. Is this. Right. He wants me to read his prediction. And he says Miami 30, Green Bay 23, which is fine. Uh, Dolphins, uh, oddly enough, if you just took all the games that they played at home this year, they're the number two ranked defense almost across the board and number two and uh, number one scoring defense, I believe, 16.4 uh, points per game. Uh, I think I have that right. Let me see. Actually, no. Number two scoring defense. 16.4 points per game. They play good defense at home. So in that vein, I'll say, you know, the Packers are actually on the uptick. I think Miami's on the uptick as well. I think their offense is going to be more balanced going forward. And I think they put up a number. And I think that they win 34. Same number for the Packers for me, 23. What say you, yeah. Simon? I, I hope that they take um, a lot of um... – I hope they take a lot from um, what happened at the weekend against Buffalo. I hope they build on that. And I have it almost exactly the same score. I have Miami 34, Green Bay 24. But I could see it being a little bit closer because of, uh, you know, just the Aaron Rodgers factor. It's Christmas. It's, you know, they do some good things on offense, but they can be inconsistent offense as well. So I have this as a Miami win. And I think, you know, uh, the first of a three-game season. Let's go one and zero. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's build this confidence. Let's you know hit the playoffs with a four-game winning streak. Get into the playoffs and let some fuck some people up in the tournament. Absolutely, they're picking the Pro Bowl teams uh, tonight because we're recording this on a Wednesday. Locks are pretty much Tua Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill, and Alec Engel. Oddly enough, and, and but that's because oh, you know, I mean he's been great. He's been yes. great. Yeah, although you know uh, people love Picard. Uh, I mean, Ricard from from the the Ravens. You know, they like the yeah. novelty of a three hundred and fifteen pound fullback. Uh, who else uh, deserves it? I'll go first. Uh, for for Miami, uh, on defense, man. If Kristen Wilkins is not a Pro Bowler, then I don't know what a Pro Bowler looks like, right? So yeah. on defense, Kristen Wilkins deserves it. Javon Holland did not have as good a season as I expected, so he probably does not deserve it. But man, yeah, on the offensive line, Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. Yeah, those are the other two. And how the hell are you going to keep Jalen Waddle out of the Pro Bowl when he's going to have 1,500 yards receiving? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So they should have a dearth of Pro Bowl players. Uh, what say you? Who do you think deserves it past the three obvious ones? Uh, who deserves it? Obviously, Tua. I mean, Armstead is difficult because of the injury. I think Connor Williams probably deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. 
Uh, I think Waddle and Hill, obviously. I think Ingold will go. Defensively, I think Christian Watson absolutely should go. Uh, no linebackers, no secondary players. Uh, There's good punters around the league as well. Not Jason Zana. So I think those, I think that's, you know, Hill, Waddle, Ingold, Tungavaloa, um, and whoever else, Aaron Wilkins. I think five would be great. It wouldn't surprise me if it was four. Yeah. All right. And by the way, they're not playing a game this year. They're doing a bunch of skills challenges and signings for the fans, which is what they should have always done. Okay. Yeah. You know, because those games devolve into like nothing. But all right, that's it. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, you know, for for people of my culture, we were big on the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, and of course, Christmas Day for everybody else. For Simon, the following day will be Boxing Day, which is important as as he's made it known so enjoy the holidays this weekend enjoy the game and we'll talk about it sometime next week when we come back no hurry but till then thanks for listening to three yards per caddy you can subscribe via itunes on podbean or your usual podcast provider this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.